Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. This is All of It on WNYC. I'm Allison Stewart. A new exhibit tells the story of one historic invention in the world of art making, artificial intelligence. Today you can go online and find all kinds of AI programs that can generate art based on user input. But back in the 1960s, years before the AI world we know today, artist Harold Cohen dreamed up Aaron, an AI software designed to make art, the first of its kind. Cohen conceived of the idea while working at UC San Diego. The story of his creation is the subject of a new exhibit at the Whitney. In the show, you'll see original drawings created by Aaron, Cohen's own sketchbooks detailing his process of developing the program, and even live drawing demonstrations in the gallery featuring modernized recreations of the early stages of Aaron. Joining me now to discuss the show, which is on view through May 19th, is Christiane Paul, Whitney Curator of Digital Art. Welcome to the studio. Thanks so much for having me. I think it's so interesting that Harold Cohen was an artist, not a tech person. (laughs) He was a fairly uh, well-known and appreciated artist. He'd been to the Venice Biennale. Um, How would you describe his work? How was he viewed as an artist before coming to the States? He's from England, I should say. Yeah, he was a very established artist. As you uh, mentioned, Mm -hmm. he represented the UK in the 1966 Venice Biennale. He had shows at the Tate and at various institutions and was really known as an abstract painter. But he also became a little bit frustrated with uh, painting. So when he comes to UCSD in the late 1960s, 1968, Mm -hmm. he gets introduced to programming. What was the general landscape of programming and artificial intelligence at the time and its relationship with creativity? Were people thinking about the two together? Yes, they did. But uh, Harold's work still is very groundbreaking. Many Mm -hmm. people ask me, oh, did AI even exist at the time? And as a field, it was formalized in the 50s. John McCarthy uh, coins the term and there's the famous Dartmouth workshop. Mm -hmm. So it was... um, an early field Mm -hmm. at the time. But I think Cohen was really pioneering in exploring it in relationship to creativity. Where did he learn to create technology like this? He was really absolutely self-taught. He Mm -hmm. um, taught himself everything from scratch. So the AI he creates is early symbolic AI, which was the AI of the time. And that is really rule-based AI. So his soul's system depends on complex rule sets and he had to write all of these rules and create them from scratch. So very different from today's uh, programs. The idea that today's programs, they, they mine the internet for information. In this case, it was Harold Cohen's information. He created it. He created the rules. Is that the way? Am I describing it correctly? Absolutely. So he gave Aaron his software knowledge of the world and the objects in it and internal knowledge about how an artist would represent that Mm -hmm. world. So Aaron knows, for example, that... um, 
a human has a face with uh, a mouth and a nose and eyes and mm -hmm. hair in different styles and that there can be different poses. But uh, Harrod really had to, quote unquote, teach the software or program all the rules for proportionally positioning that, mm -hmm. all the rules about doing a successful composition with foreground and background. Mm -hmm. So once again, as you say, very different from today's statistical AI, which has been trained on massive data sets. And without understanding any of these rules of mm -hmm. composition is basically just mashing it together to present you with uh, cactus on Mars in the style of Monet. <laughs> Can you describe an example in the show where we see um, we see Cohen's programming of, of Aaron to understand perspective? Mm -hmm. So um, what I really wanted to foreground in this exhibition is that the software is at the core of it all. The paintings and drawings created by Aaron have been collected by institutions worldwide, but the Whitney is the first institution that is collecting the software mm. over time. So you can see the process on the walls. We have uh, one version of Aaron uh, projected that is figurative that was actually done in collaboration with uh, Ray Kurzweil, the computer scientist, and once released mm. as a screensaver. And you can see basically Aaron at work creating compositions. And that very same software, we are also plotting in black and white on one of the plotters in the adjacent gallery. And it is actually for the first time since the 90s that Aaron's output is plotted live again. Harold Cohen mm. not only created the software, but also built drawing machines and drawing devices and in the 90s a painting machine to execute the work. Yeah, I want to describe for people you go through the exhibition and then at the end there are the actual machines and you're watching Aaron work. People have a lot of questions. I went and people had a ton of questions. Luke went, our producer, people had a ton of questions. What do people want to know about the machines when they watch Aaron at work. Oh, there are so many <laughs> things. So first of all, are these Harold Cohen's drawing machines? Uh, they are actually not. We looked into resurrecting mm -hmm. the carcasses of those drawing machines, but uh, quickly realized that in the process, we would really destroy them or it would take at least a decade probably to mm -hmm. revive them. So these are built by Bantam Tools. Brie Pet is one of um, the members of our digital art acquisition committee. But we tried to stick as close to the original as mm -hmm. possible. So we looked into the paper sizes. We looked into the line width and uh, how things are drawn. So we're really uh, trying to make it as accurate uh, as possible historically. Another big question is always, or I see people looking at it <laughs> and saying, oh, it's not art. It's the machine doing it, either the plotter or the software. I'm not sure what they are thinking. But once again, it's important to keep in mind that Harold really wrote that software as opposed to the corporate tools you're using mm -hmm. today. So if you write a poem and then print it on your printer, it's not the printer that wrote the poem. It's still you. That's such a good description. My guest is Christian Paul, Whitney's curator of digital art. We're talking about the new exhibition at the Whitney, Harold Cohen Aaron. It is up through May 19th. So I kept looking for the acronym, like, what does Aaron stand for? <laughs> it's not an acronym. Will you share 
where Aaron comes from? Yes, and uh, people ask me that question all the time. There is actually, frustratingly, not a definitive answer to it, but mm-hmm. um, in a conversation with Pamela McCorduck, who wrote a book on um, Aaron, Herod mentions that there's definitely an allusion to the biblical character of um, mm. Aaron, Moses' brother, who, according to the Bible, was more eloquent and was anointed mm-hmm. as Moses' mouthpiece. And Harold would refer to Aaron as his other self. So here is the character speaking for him. And Herod also was very critical of the um, mythification of artists and their divine inspiration. So he Mm-hmm. always wanted to undermine that. What we do not necessarily foreground is that Aaron also was Harold's Hebrew name. Uh, Aaron Mordecai Cohen is actually <laughs> his Hebrew name. But that's also not um, why he named it Aaron, because the original plan was to actually give each version of Aaron a different name going through the alphabet, going from A to B to C, which in the end he did not do. That's so interesting. Oh, that's so interesting. Was did he receive pushback initially when he started, when he presented Aaron to colleagues, to people in the art world? He, yes, absolutely. Mm. I mean, it was um, groundbreaking what he did at the time. I mean, he worked within the community at UCSD and received an invitation to the Stanford Artificial Intelligence Lab in 1973, where he also officially named Aaron. So he was also surrounded mm-hmm. by scientists who would have understood creativity in that uh, context. But um, the attitude of the art world at the time towards all of the artists who started using computers could be downright hostile. And um, of course, people would uh, question what it is. Herod would say, actually, most people would ask, why is it art? And not Mm. necessarily say it isn't art, although I've heard the latter two in the galleries (laughs) over the past few days. Why, Why is it art? I'll I'll play that game. Why is it art? (laughs) Yeah. So to me, it actually is the highest form of art. And what um, Herod once said was, I felt if I could encode a system, an artificial intelligence system, with the knowledge of how to represent and create create art, I would learn more about painting and drawing than I ever could just doing a painting or a drawing. Mm -hmm. And I think this way of really encapsulating what artistic representation means into a system, to me, is meta-art. Harold always made art about the meaning of art, Mm -hmm. and I consider it one of the highest forms of art. It's so interesting. When you think about that, because to create the programming, he really had to think about what art is. He had to be able to articulate it so that Aaron could then understand what art is and then make it. Absolutely. And one, what was at the core of it for Harold was intention and intentionality. So for him, art was uh, about the intentionality of the line. And the earliest form stage of Aaron he developed was the freehand line algorithm. Everything looks like it is drawn by hand. It's not the typical computer-generated mm-hmm. line of A to B to C straight line. Everything looks like it has been hand-drawn. And that is really at the core of Aaron. He also, I understand that Harold Cohen wanted the program to have us a childlike 
sense, like mm-hmm. a sense of like early stages of when children start to draw. Why would he want Aaron to mimic the drawing process of a child? Yeah, one of the essential questions that Harold asked himself was when does a mark generate meaning? Where is that transition being made? And he was very interested in how children learn to draw and Mm -hmm. how they do the weird squiggles, but then (laughs) suddenly a line is emerging and suddenly the line turns into form. And he built the early stages, the more abstract stages of um, Aaron around that. He also was very inspired by a visit in 1973 to Chalfant Valley in California, where he saw the petrol glyphs, you know, also Mm -hmm. these abstract childlike drawings. And those really made their way into the early stages of Aaron, the abstract versions before the software became really figurative. We're discussing Harold Cohen Aaron, which is on view at the Whitney through May 19th. My guest is Christian Paul, Whitney Curator of Digital Art. There's also um, at the exhibition, you can see some of the art, you see the projections, you see the machines in the room uh, doing the line drawings, but then we also see his sketchbooks mm-hmm. uh, and sketches the development of Aaron. What can we learn or what have you learned about Harold Cohen's process by looking at his sketchbooks, looking at his initial early thoughts about Aaron? It was really amazing to have the privilege to go through them. So I spent time at the studio in Encinitas going through all of Mm. these notebooks. And of course, we can only exhibit a few pages of them. But what you will see in them is, for example, a breakdown of all of the poses that the program will parse through in order uh, to position or create uh, a person in a Mm -hmm. specific um, type of pose. And what the notebooks also nicely illustrate is what he was really up against at the time in the 70s, like doing something on a computer or later on on screens. The memory was so low that (laughs) you just ultimately had a certain amount of pixels and working with that limited amount of pixels and figuring Mm -hmm. out how they could be layered to even create a form. Yeah. On, mm. on paper or on, or on a screen was really mind-blowing. Today, we do not even think about it. And people say, like, was that even possible in the <laughs> 70s? You know, yeah. What went into that is, like, really amazing. And we see that in the notebooks. We learned that 1989 was an important year for Aaron's development. Um, what happened in 89? How did it help Aaron evolve? Uh, Around that uh, year, Aaron became really fully figurative uh, and the figures also are three-dimensional in space. If you look, we have a couple of the earlier paintings in the show and you see that the figures are still very abstract. He was inspired by Matisse at the time. Mm-hmm. But at that point, he really moves into um, figurative rep presentation. Mm -hmm. And um, he was also really interested in uh, making the work available to the public. He would give things away. And then in the early 90s, he starts um, developing color within the system. So he works on a silicon graphics Mm -hmm. uh, station to have Aaron do color. He mentions in one of the exhibition brochures that... um, there was a short phase 
when he would use those color compositions that Aaron would do on screen to actually paint them and translate them into paintings. Oh, wow. yeah. And um, those were, I think, only a few years. And then starting in 1995, he used an actual painting machine. So that one would not only make decisions about colors, but actually apply them from little buckets <laughs> onto the paper. <laughs> that would be wild to watch. Um, as curator, curator of digital art at the Whitney, what would you say to someone who's skeptical who doesn't think that AI and art, that they should be in the same sentence? Yeah, I get that all the time. And I completely understand the questions surrounding creativity that mm -hmm. AI raises. I think most people are looking at the current AI tools. And it's very questionable what comes out as art if mm -hmm. the average person just puts in a prompt. Mm -hmm. But I would also say that artists are doing amazing work with AI tools, but one shouldn't underestimate what work they're putting into it. Training the AIs mm -hmm. on data sets, endless tweaking to filter out the mm -hmm. more, you know, questionable <laughs> <laughs> results you're getting here. You know? You're right. The name of the exhibition is Harold Cohen Aaron. It's at the Whitney through May 19th. Christian Paul is the Whitney Curator of Digital Art. Christian, thank you for coming in. Thanks so much. And keep in mind, Whitney is free on Fridays. That's right. <laughs> and on second Sundays, so upcoming weekend. That's right. <laughs> That's all of it. I'm Allison Stewart. I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you. I'll meet you back here sometime tomorrow.